0: I wanna talk to you this morning about the forces that are with us in all the things that we face and go through. So let's pray and begin this time before the Lord. Father, I thank you for your presence and for the comfort of your word. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us. And I just pray for each one watching today that your presence, which has overshadowed them and filled them with your peace And with your assurance and confidence, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the Christian life, there's a force that is constantly with us. His name is Jesus, and he promised, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's Matthew 28, 20. Jesus made that promise before he ascended into heaven. He was promising that even though the disciples wouldn't physically see him, that he would be with them through all the trials and all the things that they would face. Even when they were going through circumstances that threatened the end of their existence, he said he would be with them to help them. As Christians, no matter what we may face, no matter how tragic the circumstance The force of Christ's presence is with us all the way to the end to give us the strength and courage that we need. Christians are not exempt from bad things happening to them, but what we are exempt from is having to face those difficulties alone and in our own strength. We have a presence, a supernatural force that empowers us to cope and to press forward in confidence without fear. The Psalmist David put it this way. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see the shepherd's rod and staff represented the shepherd's power and authority. David knew that life contained difficulties and even things that might seem impossible and hopeless. But he also understood that he didn't have to face all those things alone because God was with him and God's staff or his authority and God's rod, his power would carry him through to God's victory. And so knowing that I'm not alone and knowing that the force of God's authority and power are committed to me, it gives me the faith and the courage that I need in order to face the difficulties before me. We have an enemy who tries to lie to us and control us with fears and worries and anxieties. And he tells us all kinds of things to try to put us into this trap of worry. He tells us things aren't going to go well. He floods our minds with the worst kinds of scenarios. He harasses us with fear and anxieties. 34 years ago, my wife died of cancer. My girls were teenagers at the time. And for several years after her death, whenever my girls would go on a trip with The school or the youth group or even with friends, oftentimes Satan would bombard my mind with fearful thoughts. He would tell me there's going to be an accident. You lost your wife and now you're going to lose your girls too. And he harassed me with the fact that just because I was a Christian didn't exempt me from bad things happening. Well, I was determined that I wasn't going to allow Satan to control me with fear and worry. And so in those moments, I did three things. First, I resisted and rebuked Satan's lies. Second Corinthians 10, four and five says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds and to demolish arguments and to bring every thought into obedience to the mind of Christ. And so in those times, I would rebuke the lies of Satan and bring my mind into obedience to the mind of Christ. The second thing I would do was I entrusted myself and my girls to the Lord's presence who promised to always be with us. Second Timothy 1.12 says, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him. And so there was a confidence and a peace to just know that I could trust my family, myself, to the Lord's provision and that he would watch over us. The third thing that I did, I reminded myself that his presence and his grace was enough to see me through anything that would happen. Second Corinthians twelve nine says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I knew that just as his grace had carried me through the death of my wife, that his grace would carry me through anything that I might have to face. Recently, I was in the hospital to remove my dead gallbladder. My gallbladder was full of gangrene, which allowed sepsis infection to spread into my bloodstream. That, in turn, threw my heart out of control and uh, AFib. My, My heart rate was racing at 180 beats per minute, and the rhythm of my heart was very irregular and erratic. For seven days, they allowed me nothing by mouth except ice chips. Several of those days were before surgery as they were trying to get my heart in condition to do surgery. They had me on volumes of antibiotics to kill the sepsis infection and multiple medications to bring my heart under control. And then several days after surgery, they kept me on nothing by mouth in case they had to do another surgery. The tissues that they had clamped off uh, in removing my gallbladder were very compromised and they didn't know if they would hold. So they wanted me to be ready to go back into surgery if needed. Well, after seven days of eating nothing but ice chips, I was begging the nurses to simply give me a Popsicle. I told the nurse, my stomach can't tell the difference between ice chips and a Popsicle, so give me something with some flavor. But of course she couldn't do that because of doctor's orders. When I heard that the doctor was coming to see me the next day, I had my daughter, Jerry, make me a sign that says, I'm down on my luck, Popsicles, please. Anything will help. God bless. But when the doctor came to visit me the next day, I held the sign in my chest for him to read. Well, he had a good laugh and told the nurse that I could have two popsicles, one that day and one the next. But when they brought me the popsicle, it tasted heavenly. I had never tasted anything better in my entire life. I savored every bite and I told Jerry, I have some advice for you to share with young mothers who are having trouble getting their child to eat certain foods. Tell them to serve their child ice chips for seven days and then they will eat anything and think it's wonderful. While lying in the hospital bed for over seven days and not feeling any better, the lying voice of Satan began to tell me, you're not gonna make it. Being a Christian that is exempt from dying, Christians die every day, just like everyone else. But at that moment, another voice spoke to my heart and mind. It was the voice of the Lord. He didn't tell me that I wasn't gonna die he simply reminded me that his force was with me. As I lay sleepless in my hospital bed, the Lord spoke four truths to my mind. First, he reminded me that the church is a force which the gates of hell cannot prevail against. He reminded me that the church was praying for me, and he assured me that your prayers were not insignificant or unimportant. And he brought my mind to James 5.16 which says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. He reminded me of the story of Acts, in Acts 12 of Peter. Herod had killed the apostle James and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he arrested Peter to kill him too. But because it was the Passover celebration, he had to wait until the Passover was over. And so Peter was kept in prison, chained between two guards, one chained to each wrist, and then two other guards in front of his cell door. But meanwhile, the church was earnestly praying for Peter's release. And God's force of a praying church resulted in an astounding miracle. Let me read to you from Acts 12, verse seven through 10. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards, came to the iron gate leading the city and opened to them by itself. As they went through it, when he had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Well, God was assuring me that just as the force of a praying church was with Peter, the force of a praying church was with me as well. And your prayers were effective and powerful. And I wanna thank all of you who were praying for me during that time and even after I got out of the hospital because there were still ups and downs. And I know that many of you continue to pray and even now are praying for me, and I thank you. The power of a praying church is a powerful, effective force that is with us. The second thing that God spoke to me that was a force that was at work within me was the force of his angelic host that he had assigned to protect me. He reminded me that the Bible says that angels are ministering spirits sent out to serve those who belong to Christ. That's Hebrews 1.14. And he brought my mind to Psalms 91.17, where it says, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone." And he said to my spirit, my angelic host is a mighty force at work to bring you through this situation. He reminded me of the time when Elisha was being threatened by enemy troops that were surrounding his home. Elisha's servant had looked out the window and he saw the city surrounded by enemy troops and he exclaimed in fear, what are we gonna do? And Elisha simply prayed for the Lord to open his servant's eyes. And when the servant looked out again, he saw the hills full of the chariots of fire of the Lord, the Lord's army surrounding the city. And Elisha assured him, more they be with us than be with them. That's 2 Kings 6, 16. And so God was assuring me that his angelic force was with me and that there were more with me than with the enemy of my soul. He assured me that I didn't have to worry or be afraid. Next, the Lord spoke to me about the force of his word. And he reminded me of Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, which says, as the rains and snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve for the purpose for which I sent it. You see, God's word is a creative force, actively working to accomplish His purpose and His plan. When Jesus spoke, storms were made calm the sick were cleansed and made whole. The dead were raised to life again. And multitudes were fed to the full. See, nothing can withstand the power of God's word. And just as the rain and snow produce life and growth in the earth, so likewise God's word is a life-giving force, producing the fruit of faith and confidence in us. And so God wanted me to rest in the fact that his word is alive and active in my circumstance and that it is fulfilling his purpose and his plan for my life. Well, lastly, God spoke to me about the force of his grace. God reminded me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, enduring the fiery furnace, when they refused to bow down to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. When they were thrown into the fire, the king was bewildered and asked, didn't we throw three men into the furnace? I see a fourth one who appears to be the son of God. You see, God's divine presence was preventing the fire from having any effect upon them. They were just walking around in the fire having a good time. God didn't spare them from having to go through the fire, but the fire didn't consume them. And not even the smell of smoke was upon their clothing. That's Daniel 3.27. The Apostle Paul described God's grace to us in difficult times this way. Paul said, we are hard pressed on every side. We, we do go through difficulties. We're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's 2 Corinthians 4, eight. Paul was saying that while we go through fiery circumstances at times, they don't consume us when we have a proper understanding of God's grace. And Paul assures us in that same portion that God is using our momentary troubles to achieve in us an eternal glory that far outweighs the physical pain or discomfort that we might be going through. That's 2 Corinthians 4.17. So God is using all of this to make us more like Christ. Paul, sharing his own experience in 2 Corinthians 12.7-9 says, There was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. And three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, things didn't always turn out the way that Paul had desired, but through it all, he was learning that God's grace was a force which was transforming his life and making him more like Christ. God's grace is always sufficient for whatever we're facing, and going through. God doesn't always make our circumstances comfortable, but he is always committed to use them for our growth and our maturity. His grace is a force that is constantly molding and shaping us into the image of Jesus. His grace is the guarantee that no matter how our circumstances play out, we can trust His wisdom. We can trust His grace, His goodness. We can trust His love to carry us through. Things may not turn out the way that we want, but when we surrender to the grace of God and the wisdom of God, He uses those things for our benefit and for His glory. Well, that night in the hospital, those four truths quieted the lying voice of Satan and gave me a peace so that I could go to sleep. God's force was with me. The force of a praying church, which the gates of hell cannot prevail against. The force of an angelic host that God has assigned to serve me and protect me. The force of God's word, which never returns to him empty, but accomplishes all that he sent it out to do. And the force of God's all-sufficient grace, which is always greater than my circumstance. Folks, we don't have to give place to fear, to anxiety or worry or hopelessness. God's supernatural force is continually with us. His name is Jesus and he is committed to see us through to the end of the age. Sheila Walsh, who is a best-selling Christian author, in her book entitled Praying Women, How to Pray When You Don't Know What to Say, told about when she was pregnant at the age of 40. After her ultrasound, the doctor told her, your baby is incompatible with life. The doctor then suggested that she schedule an abortion for the next day, but she refused to do it. And she said that over the next several months and weeks, she felt as if she was falling into a dark hole. Some days she felt angry, other days she was just confused, and other times she was just overwhelmed with sorrow and grief. Let me read her prayer during those difficult days. And I'm quoting from her book, Jesus, my heart is aching. I don't understand this at all, but I just want to declare that we are in this together. I've always needed you, but right now I need you more than ever. I do not know how this will end but I'm not letting go of you for one moment. You didn't promise that I wouldn't face difficulties, but you did promise that you would never leave me. I'm not letting go. I'm not giving up. You and me are in this together. Well, that 35 weeks, the doctor called her and told her, there's been a mistake with the results of your ultrasound and that of another woman whose report had come in at the same time as yours. The information has been switched and wrongly placed in each other's record. The doctor told her there's nothing wrong with your baby. She said she fell to her knees and thanked God. And then she prayed for the other mother who would be getting a very difficult phone call. She went on to say that she didn't know why God had allowed her to carry that burden for all those months. But what she did know was that when her heart was overwhelmed, she learned to hold on to God like never before. I love the words of the course that we're learning here at the church entitled The Waymaker. Speaking of the Lord, the song says, you are the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in our darkness. That's who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're still working. Even when I don't feel it, you're still working. You never stop. You never stop working. And we see that repeatedly in scripture. Let me just give you a few examples. Abraham and Sarah had been promised a son. And even though they were both old and having a child seemed impossible, God was still working. Moses and the people of Israel were fleeing the slavery of Egypt and with the Red Sea before them and the Egyptian army pursuing them from behind. And even though it appeared that they were trapped with no way of escape, God was still working. When Israel ran out of food in the wilderness, food and water, even though they thought they were going to die, God was still working. Later in their history, when the city of Jerusalem was destroyed and the people were carried into Babylonian captivity, even though all hope for their national sovereignty was lost, God was still working. In the New Testament, Lazarus was in the tomb for four days. And even though his body had already started to decay, God was still working. When Jesus was crucified and it seemed to his followers that their dream of a Messiah was shattered, even then, God was still working. In our world, some of you may be concerned about the spread of the coronavirus or the possibility of the stock market crashing. But folks, no matter what happens, God will still be working. And while we all need to use wisdom and common sense practices with healthy hygiene and we need to seek the Lord's guidance in financial decisions, what we we don't need to do is panic. Don't allow Satan to fill you with fear and worry and anxiety. God is still working. He never stops working. And when our heart is overwhelmed with circumstances, we cling to him and refuse to let go. His word still accomplishes everything he sent it out to do. His grace is still sufficient for everything that we face. His angelic host is still watching over us every day in everything that we do. And his church is still a force which the gates of hell cannot prevail against. God is still working He never stops. He never stops working. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, He is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, and the light in our darkness. And this morning, if you've been going through difficult times and Satan's been trying to fill you with fears and worry God wants you to know that the force of his presence is with you. God is still working. It doesn't matter how confusing your circumstance may be. It doesn't matter what you may or may not feel. He is with you to the end of the age. That's his commitment to all who love and follow him. You can trust His all sufficient grace to see you through. For when you are weak, he is strong. If you've been going through overwhelming circumstances and the enemy has been trying to fill your mind with discouragements and depression and fear and hopelessness, I wanna pray for you. Maybe you've been battling chronic pain or sickness that seems to linger Maybe it's circumstances in your business. Or maybe it's a family situation to which there seems to be no solution. God who does the impossible is here with his forces to lift you out of despair and discouragement and to give you hope. Let's pray. Lord, I bring to you those wanting prayer today. And I bring them with confidence that your forces are committed to see them through to the end. Help them to see that you are with them in the fire. Open their eyes to the angelic hosts surrounding them so that they understand that more they be with us than be with the enemy. Cause them to understand that no weapon formed against them can prosper. Fill them with confidence in the wisdom and faithfulness and grace of their heavenly Father. Lift them today, Lord, out of the mire of uncertainty and fill them with peace and confidence. Give them faith for what seems impossible. Let the awesomeness of your power and your presence overshadow their worries and fears and anxieties and help them to hang on to you and to never give up. Make a way, Lord, where there seems to be no way. Let your miracle grace overshadow them this day. May your word produce in them your will and your purpose. May the light of your presence dispel their darkness and fill them with confidence and peace. We ask those things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.